Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square. With already established podcasting comes already established podcast ability. We rush to reclaim the rights of our summer of fun when we continue talking Marvel's Spider-Man on Normies Like Us. Uh, Mr. Brooks, I don't, I don't feel so good. Gotta get better at this part of the job. Oh, come on, Spider-Man! Start. I don't feel so good. No, no, Jacob, no! Ah, Normies, he just disappeared in my hands, but that's okay. Even though we're here at uh, the the floating sanctuary planet that Thanos left us on, Webheads, we're meeting here to talk about Marvels. Spider-Man here on Normies Like Us while we continue our summer of fun and continue talking blockbusters, especially uh, Spider-Man as we continue talking in July. With your host, this is uh, Incredible Colin. This is Mike Stereo, and in my universe, the summer of fun never begins. <laughs> oh, that's wow. a good one. Uh, this is Peter Peter Tingle Joe. <laughs> Underoos, this is Jacob. Peter Tingleidge. It's, it's a, Jacob another man Tingledge. in my universe. But, but Jacob's an acronym. It's J.A.C.O.B. And it, it stands for a very That's complex right. thing, obviously. Yeah. 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 He, he's a voice in my head. <laughs> That's right. I can't do that for you, Joe. I think he was in Labyrinth, too. I don't know. That's right. We're talking a lot of weird voices in our heads. Uh, a lot of AIs are going to be interacting with Peter Parker here. Guys, we are talking Marvel reclaiming the rights to Spider-Man to use them in their continued shared universe. What do we think here? Uh, usually we do the question up top. I don't know, like, what uh, What were your general thoughts watching it this time? You know, just taking it in, watching him spread out through five different appearances in movies, not necessarily just his own. First time seeing a Spider-Man in a shared universe. This time I was kind of thinking, you know, it's a tumultuous time for our Spider-Man. We don't really know if we're going to get five more appearances after this. So I was I was kind of in mourning. It's tough because I remember the most I've ever been excited about the MCU was when the news broke that they did it. That Spider-Man was coming home. He was going to appear in Civil War. And I remember thinking like... That's it. I mean, there was a time where that was impossible. Now nothing seems impossible. Uh, but at the same time, Colin, I'm kind of with you. There is like, there's a weird feeling about it this time around that I'm excited to talk about. Maybe I'm not as hot on uh, some of this as I was originally. Uh, yeah, for me personally, um, I'm less in invested in like you know comic books and that side of things so i don't you know it can be i don't care if it's super accurate to the comics and that sort of thing um for me i really like this uh version of peter parker and i mean i think it fits into the mcu well and uh i think after you know the andrew garfield movies and all that i think it's a very refreshing take um skipping the whole Uncle Ben, the whole, you know, him getting bit by the spider. We don't need to see all that. So I like that it kind of just jumps in um, and we have Peter Parker and I love it. Yeah, I mean, I do enjoy kind of the Marvel version of Peter Parker and Spider-Man. Tom Holland's doing a great job. Uh, Sony, we talked last week kind of how they made those movies rushed out. I think Mark Webb tried to do something, but it really was studio interference. 
So that's like now it's like weekend back at mom's and there's like food in the fridge actually and it's like we're going to the theme park it's gonna be a really rad time where last week it's like i can't i couldn't Dad even afford my pizza. milk last week um but yeah. i do want to ask joe at the top because we do have tom holland now but a lot of people we also talked last week about the spider-verse and a lot of people are saying that some of what's prescribed to this peter parker is coming from the miles morales storyline in the comics is this am i correct in that assumption yeah i mean Yes and no. Like, I definitely, there's certain elements where, you know, they have been accused of just taking Miles and making him white and calling him Peter. I don't Ooh. think it's quite that drastic. Um, I mean, obviously, the Ned character is one of the biggest things here. He is basically the exact same character as Miles' best friend, even so far as in the comics they did a uh, a bit where he had to pretend his name was Ned when his name is not Ned. Mm. Uh, So like they even kind of poked fun about it in the comic universe. And um, there are definitely some other elements that we can talk about more individually with other movies. So I think, yes, that is kind of a valid criticism. But, um, you know, overall, he does still very much feel like Peter Parker. Well, how about a valid positive trait, Joe? Will you respond to what Jacob said with, eh, we don't need that stuff? We don't need to see it. I um, I agree with that. But we do need to know it exists, and that's really important. And um, again, we'll talk more about that in the movies because there are some really great little nuggets and hints of the the origin that is there. It's just not explicit. Right. right. I think they even have a line about Aunt May, you know, going through a lot of stuff like in homecoming reference kind of referencing probably uncle Ben's death and that kind of thing. Um, but it's like with Batman, you know, every Batman movie, we have to see his parents get killed and stuff. And it's like, I'm glad they just realized like, we don't need to see, you know, Peter getting bit by the spider. We don't need to see uncle Ben and stuff because we've seen it already. And anyone who's the movie does a great job of, of acknowledging that, right? Cause he's about to give his whole origin story and uh, yeah, Tony Stark just cuts him off and moves on. Like, you don't need it. Right. And I think that was kind of the studio's way of being like, no, we're already here. We're, we're ready to hit go. Let's dive in now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of this might also be coming from the Sony and Marvel kind of sharing Spider-Man. Marvel is like, you know what? We're going to keep them a lot more on our side of the line. I mean, that stuff is well known, but let's keep them on the Tony side. And that itself is almost a civil war over the rights of Spider-Man, which is where he originated so do we want to swing in there right now and start talking these marvel spider-man movies all right let's web swing over there buddies i say let's uh we won't do it in the city but we'll hit the suburbs maybe maybe a little upstate new york let's swing on over talk spider-man Normie Webheads, welcome back. We're talking Marvel's Spider-Man here on Normies Like Us. We're talking the movies. We're talking Marvel's swing at the bat here. Uh, We're talking about an introduction of a character that we're talking now in Captain America's third movie. What are we thinking of that, Joe? Um, I mean, I got to be honest. My, My hottest take coming out of Civil War, saw it at midnight at the El Cap, knew we were going to see Spidey. 
I walked out of that thinking thwip, that's thwip. the best Spider-Man movie we've seen yet. Civil War is, is the best take on Spider-Man we've seen yet. I was so hot on the way they handled his introduction to the universe. Like we said up top, I love that they just kind of skipped over it, but he feels so natural. He fits right into the universe. Um, I was floored with Tom Holland's performance the first time we saw the suit. I really love Civil War. It might be my favorite uh, Tom Holland appearance yet. <laughs> oh, come on. That's really blowing my mind. But, all right, Underoos, speaking of Jacob over there, you're wearing the Underoos right now. <laughs> what are we thinking of him? What are we thinking? Tom yeah. Holland, first appearance. Nice shield, man. I mean, yeah, I agree with what Joe's saying. I mean, for me, so, you know, I complained a little about Tobey Maguire, complained a lot about Andrew Garfield. I think Tom Holland is the best live action Peter Parker that I've seen. So, you know, he's, he's my a favorite. boy. Yeah. I mean, he feels like a, an actual high school kid, even if he is like 20 or 21 or whatever in Homecoming. I mean, he's young enough compared to, you know, Tobey Maguire, 26 or whatever, that he looks like, and, and his classmates, they all look like high school kids. So I he appreciate the realism of that. He doesn't look grown. Like, there's, it's not unbelievable, which is a concern with the other right. ones. Right. Yeah. So it feels much more realistic in that sense. Yeah, and, just, and as yeah. Um, well as you know, Joe said skipping over uh, all the Uncle Ben stuff, just kind of throwing him into the world. It does feel like what a teenage Peter Parker, how he would behave amongst the like the main line Avengers. Um, and also, an interesting thing is there was a point where this deal was so tedious between Sony and Marvel that they had like a cut of the movie without any Spider-Man stuff in it because mm-hmm. they're like, I don't even know if we're going to sign the paperwork. So there's like a whole final fight of Civil War. Where they no Spider Man, no under ruse. It's just the regular people battling. Well, and even well, yeah, I'm glad that. They, sorry, go ahead. Bef- like before any of that, with the end of Avengers: uh, Age of Ultron, there was a moment at the end where uh, the new class of Avengers is all standing there, and Captain America is going to train them. They just had stand-in plates because the hope was they were going to be able to get Spider-Man or Captain Marvel, that they were just going to have an appearance there right at the end of like, oh, by the way, this character is now here. So they've kind of been working on this always. I mean, I would say like since the birth of the MCU, even if you go all the way back to the the BS X-Men movies, there had a, a mm-hmm. joke on set where someone ran on screen with a, a Spider-Man uh, costume like while they were filming that movie and he was like, oops, wrong set. So to finally get it in Civil War is the culmination of like 15 years worth of trying to get Spider-Man to interact with other heroes at that point. Yeah, and I'm glad that it did finally work out. And I'm not to be one that's like, oh, yeah, you know, yay corporations and everything. But obviously, you know, (laughs) MCU, Marvel, they do have a good track record um, with making their movies. So and Civil War is a really interesting movie if you think about it, because not only is it the first appearance of Spider-Man, it's also the first appearance of Black Panther, which are like two of the biggest stars of the new phase of the MCU. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting that they both kind of just show up in this movie before getting their own solo movies. Well, and it's um, also the first but- time that like Vision and Scarlet Witch are real members of the team. I mean, they were introduced in Age of Ultron, but... Not as Avengers. I mean, big war machine yeah. suit. Yeah, I like mean, Civil in a war way, is a big jump in yeah. uh, the MCU. Yeah, it really feels like Civil War, in a way, is more of the second Avengers movie than Age of Ultron is. Like it, like it could have just been a mainline it's Avengers. So much movie. better. 
Yeah. Instead of calling yeah, it yeah. Captain America Civil <laughs> War when Tony Stark's like the second lead in it. Yeah, it's just, it's a great movie to go back and watch. Um, a lot of fun. And I love Peter Parker's appearance in it. Yeah, it's definitely funny that one of the best Avengers movies is a Captain America movie. And also one of the best Spider-Man movies is a Captain America movie. Um, one thing I did notice before Spider-Man gets to his actual you know, first solo endeavor with Marvel is I realize why he's so good at fighting the vultures because he already fought Falcon. As I'm watching <laughs> yeah. that scene back, I'm like, so oh, he has true, experience right? with a flying guy, right? Sure. So I was totally, uh, it made a lot of sense. Man, he you fights guys are giant so things cool. later suits and he fights awesome. giant Ant-Man. Yeah, he's, yeah. Like, he's taking it all in. We he really had some experience. A lot of Winter Soldier stuff in there. and We even get Ant-Man giving his quips and stuff. So that whole that whole airport fight scene is is one of the best in MCU history, I think, in terms of just... Yeah, and maybe to throw to Homecoming, it opens with like his little vlog, right? Oh, That's yeah. right. But like before we even get to the airport scene, mm-hmm. I think that first scene with Intro Tom to Holland in his apartment with Aunt May, and Aunt May is perfect. I mean, like, like Marissa, Marissa Tomei's clear. performance is great. It kind of feels like the ultimate universe where she's much younger. Uh, she's lively. She has her own life going on. And then the the conversation, they don't say with great power comes great responsibility, but it's that speech and it's Peter giving it. You know, he says, when you can do the things that I can and you don't, and then the bad things happen, they happen because of you. So I think like in that two minute little monologue, he perfectly sums up his origin story without having to talk about it. We also get in that scene that he makes his web. I mean, that's a really well-crafted scene that explains everything you need to know about Spider-Man. Yeah, I agree with you, Joe. And what I also like about that scene is that it's kind of the start of Tony Stark's mentor role for him. And it also fits into the themes of that movie of like Tony Stark, you know, going through like, oh, we're doing, we're causing all these like casualties and and side effects of stuff. Is it really worth it and stuff? So that all fits together in the themes of that movie. So it's really well done. Great, Colin. You have any thoughts on kind of this intro to Spider-Man? You and the still Civil inspire War? me, Mister Stark. Yeah, I like that he <laughs> is, um, you know, taking on a child ward. I'm not somebody. We're obviously going to talk about this in the biggest next part. His his first full film, but uh, I'm not somebody who says the Iron Man Junior stuff. Um, watching it this time, just watching Civil War, I was very surprised to see that this was the birth of Edith. You know, him him with those glasses the entire time. I was like, ooh, those are going to come back. That's, That's a really cool. nice throw, Colin. I watched that. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Um, nice, nice. Yeah, I didn't catch that either. You're totally right. I mean, let's Do not you forget guys... the post-cred scene of Civil War is Spider-Man fooling around with his new web shooters, seeing the classic spider signal, which is taken directly from the comics. And then a title card that says Spider-Man will return. Like, yes, it was Civil War. Yes, it was important for a lot in the MCU. But I think like the biggest takeaway that movie was absolutely like, hey, your boy has come home. It's time for a literal homecoming. Wow, that was amazing, Joe. (laughs) And yeah, it's like, is that Marvel? Is that title? Yeah, is that Marvel's way of saying, hey, we got him. The boy is back. Spider-Man is back. (laughs) We got him. Come home. Package secured, boys. Yeah, package secured. Uh, Do we want to talk Homecoming then? uh, Yeah, I'll just start then there at the title and say, what do you guys think of that? Now, again, based on comic book issues, this is literally just like a one issue or two issue run, Joe, I believe you pointed out, where he's in the black suit. 
It's it's a one and a half issue basically. Okay. Like it's a it's, it's a super size one hundred issue or Spider Man Homecoming. It's it's has nothing to do with obviously the events of the story, whatever. I don't love it. Uh, to me, Mike, it is a little braggy. <laughs> it is a little like <laughs> the title. Fuck you. We fucking got him. Homecoming. Uh, Spider Man, the bitch is back. You know, yeah. Spider Man, you couldn't Fuck do you, it. Sony. You came, yeah, you came crawling to us, assholes. I don't know. Obviously, there's the tie-in with the social event, but come on, Jacob, Homecoming. The whole movie is centered around the dance Homecoming, so you're like, yeah, yeah. it should be called Homecoming. Sure. I, I think so. See, it's tough because I I do like that it's braggy. I do like that it has that kind of triumphant feel to it, which like sets a fun tone. But I hate that it established that the next one's going to be called Far From Home. Like, <sighs> I don't know what they're going to call the third one, but I don't like that the word okay, home hold on. has to so be let's stop right home there. Run. Let's Okay, okay. Let's do, we never do improv games on this show. Let's do an improv okay. game. Okay. I'm going to say, yes, and. it's going to be some yes and, it's going to be a newlywed style. But instead of writing it down, you guys are just going to say. I'm going to say some titles some random titles with home in the world so like mike just said spider-man home run what is that about guys give me a give me a fake plot for that oh home run actually kind of i could see that working because <laughs> that's literally you know like he's being chased he's now being because chased, i don't yeah. want to jump ahead but right. everyone knows who he is after um, far from home so he's 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 on the run right he's he's on the run he's he's what's the team in uh brooklyn joe it's uh is he a yankees fan he's hiding he's playing for the yankees now jacob yeah. he's he's fucking hitting so many balls but craven's on the run <laughs> Sp- spider-man <laughs> canically is a mets fan yeah. which always kills me because i'm not a mets fan just a right. little, little Spider-Man a Home on the Nets Range. Fan. Sorry about that. Um, He's a cowboy. Oh, it's, it's, it's a, a cowboy western world. now? Like yeah, it's a western, Mike. <laughs> he goes to establish the West Coast Avengers. Duh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Spider-Man Homefront. Spider-Man <laughs> Homeland yeah, Security. Joins, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, it's Homeland Security. You know, it's, it, he finally makes up for the fact. He talks about what happened in 9-11 and why Captain America <laughs> wasn't there in that movie. <laughs> What happened to that poster, yeah. Spider-Man? Work from home is just living in our timeline. <laughs> oh, I love Spider-Man work from home. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, okay, I'm zooming. I'm zooming the cameras at the bank. I'm seeing, hey, do you see me? Hey, stop what you're doing <laughs> stop there. Stop that. Stop that. I see you. Well, if you, you think about it, the, uh, Changing in the MCU universe, the coronavirus never happened because that was during the blip. So the blip That's is true. like their substitute uh, for the, the, the blip. You got blip instead, coronavirus. <laughs> I like to call coronavirus the slow blip. Uh. <laughs> yeah. All right, you slow blips. Back on track. Homecoming. <laughs> okay. We didn't get so so Joe thumbs up. Jacob, you said okay, Mike, you like the name? I mean, I like it. It does feel a little braggy, but I get that they're doing the teen comedy thing and it's, you know, very John Hughes, so it's like okay, homecoming dance. It's yeah, very and he ultimate. is coming back after being in Germany, Germany for Civil Germany. War. So it's like, yeah, he's kind of come back, yeah. you know. And I like adjusting to you know, that. I like Homecoming and I like Far From Home. I think uh, we'll get in that too. But it yeah, works we well. can talk about it then. But I hate that. <laughs> Work from home better be the next. Yeah. One I, <laughs> I feel like it thing. has to have home in it. You set this weird standard and wrote it's yourself so in a corner strange. of home like work. it has to have yeah. home in it. Leaving home, that, it, it'll probably be something like that because it's going to be the last MCU. I would say so. Or you know, I, I like, yeah. Home run is still what my money is actually on. Like I will place my bets no on way. home run. <laughs> no <Yeah>. way! No <laughs> Just way! You wait, normies. Yeah. We're going to get it. All right, um, I will, Joe. We'll, I have another question. Hit me. 
about this movie because I what I like about these Disney ones, Marvel ones, they take villains that I think were crap and make them good. And I think the Vulture is a crap villain. Was he crap in the comics? Nope. I know he's an OG. Yeah, he's he's. How is he in the comics? He's, yeah. he's mega OG. I mean, he is like one of the first. That's another thing that I love about the Homecoming movie. You have Shocker, Tinkerer, and Vulture. And Tinkerer and Vulture are some of the earliest Spider-Man villains, like, next to Lizard. I mean, Vulture and Tinkerer were around Mm -hmm. way back in the day. And then just throwing Shocker in there as well, I think, really works. It's a great example of balance, I think. And there's also some other great little nods, like damage control. Like, that is not something that they just made up. That is also an old uh, Marvel comics, like, who cleans up after the Avengers fuck up the town oh it's the damage control team oh wow um yeah i'm aware of um you know vulture from the uh comics um but what i have to agree with mike because what i like about both these movies is not necessarily that i don't like the the comic version of vulture but i think both both the villains in these two movies are really strong and really clever twists on um, their portrayals are really good. Yeah, their portrayals are good. And I think they're just a clever way to do it within the MCU of, you know, having Vulture be just a guy that's like, you know, he's salvaging alien equipment from, you know, the Centauri and stuff. And then obviously we'll get to Mysterio. But I just think they're really clever takes on these these characters. Modernizations. Yeah. Does it help Jacob to have a blue collar guy with actual henchmen, too? Yeah, and um, yeah, his whole thing like you know these fucking Avengers up in their ivory tower—they don't give a shit about <laughs> you and me, Peter. Like lo- we're the, the working man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean this. This is one of I really like this villain, and um, we talked about how I think the Raimi movies took classic villains and put them on the big screen for the first time, and then the Vulture is like an OG villain, but I he would never rank high in my personal pantheon. But the modernization of taking what in the comics was an old guy who basically just wanted to like destroy the business of the guy who kicked him out or get blood to be young again. Right. It's like, okay, but now it's like there's motivation because of the Avengers and there's a reason for him to have a robot bird suit so he can steal more shit. Like I like that. It makes sense. Right. Because my, basically my perception of the vulture from the comics is he's a guy that can fly and that's basically all I know about him. (laughs) So it is interesting that gives him characterization. It gives him, you know, pathos and stuff where it's like, and then obviously mm-hmm. the twist of, um, you know, him being Liz's dad and everything just adds another layer of like how Peter's connected with him in a really interesting way. And I just think it's really well done. I mean, I think right out of the gate, I'm going to give props to this movie and it's something I hate about the next movie, but this one does an incredible job of tying Spider-Man to the MCU in a really believable way. Um, The introduction with the vlog I think is so smart. It takes us back to how much fun we had in Civil War with Spider-Man and starting with the Chitauri attack and seeing like, here's how this has affected real people who live here in this universe. This is how this universe operates. I think that's brilliant. I mean, I think they did such an incredible job of of building it in in a way where it doesn't feel like Spider-Man came out of nowhere. Well, just building off of what you said, Joe, I want everybody's take, but I'll I'll go to you first then, because it's so much about what Jacob just said about motivation and what you just said about tying to the MCU is the elephant in the room. 
the Iron Man Jr. that I said. What is your guys' take and opinion of that mentorship role? It, it's come out now. He's only in 11 minutes of the film, okay? And he made $16 million for this appearance. And it's it's like it's something like more than a million dollars per minute. So it's not like he's overbearing in it. No. Say like, I am Money I, Man. Here's the thing. I fucking hate Iron Man. I hate him in the movies. I hate him in the comics. <laughs> I think he is the biggest villain of Marvel Comics, period, the end. Despise the character. He is a, a a terrible character, in my opinion. I don't really like him. I think in the comics, they haven't known what to do with him since Demon in the Bottle. And then in the MCU, they tried Demon in a Bottle and just kind of like left off with it. Sure, Robert Downey Jr.'s performance is great, but I hate the character. So that mentorship is one of the things that I despise about the MCU. But Colin, like you said... In Homecoming, it's not overbearing. Like, he's there, but it's essentially, that could be Nick Fury, that could be Captain America, that could be anyone. The point of that person is that they're not taking Peter seriously, or Peter thinks that they're not taking him seriously. It's less about Iron Man, in my opinion. Gotcha, yeah. I think, you know, I honestly kind of agree to where, like, I don't love Iron Man in this, but I think... The movie really does get good as soon as you take the suit because, you know, we talked about suits last week, too. This ties into that. It's like I kind of don't like and they probably wish they could go back on the name Karen telling him not to wear a mask. And stuff. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think the movie gets a lot better when Tony takes the suit and he just has to wear his sweat clothes. And then it's just then it's just friendly neighborhood Peter totally. Parker figuring it out on his own. And that's the strength. You know, uh, the movie really is twice as good as the first third once he loses that suit. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, um, I don't necessarily agree about Iron Man because for me, he's one of my favorite characters in the MCU. But um, Same. <laughs> uh, but aside from that, I think um, he, if he fits really well in that mentor role because it makes sense uh, within the universe and, uh, you know, it just makes sense. So for me, it works and it, it works in Far From Home, Far From Home as well. Um, even with him dying and everything. Um, but like him making the suit and the suit having the voice and everything, I know some people, it's a little controversial. For me, I like it because it's different than the previous incarnations of Spider-Man. And I like seeing things that are different. So I like it. It doesn't bother me all that much because Spider-Man, and this is something that a lot of people who are not necessarily comic readers wouldn't realize, Beyond the web shooters, he does use a ton of gadgets. I mean, he is sort of Batman-like in a hidden utility belt. I mentioned that spider signal before. That's something from the comics. Uh, he does use stuff like that often. I mean, he builds an anti-Sinister Six armor at one point that has a ton of different abilities and things like that. So the drone in the suit, the ability to switch up the webs, that doesn't bother me all that much. I just wish there was one little tweak that we would have seen Peter fucking around with the technology in the suit that was given to him. So he was like kind of taking more ownership of it. Like, you know, like... Well, it kind of does new... do that in Washington, D.C., right? When he gets locked in the uh, thing. I mean, he's like reading the, the owner's manual, essentially, is what he's doing. Yeah. Like, I, like what I'm well, saying is it I fits wish in we with saw... The... I wish we saw more of I... like a Peter at a workbench type thing. Sure, yeah. I think it fits in with the whole, you know, with great power comes great responsibility theme with the training wheels protocol, Tony Stark not trusting him with the full powers of the suit yet when he's like, no, I'm ready. Like, 
come on, man, let me let me have it. So I liked all that as well. I like Iron Man. What's interesting about these films, it's like Marvel's most popular character is Spider-Man. These films would make you think it's Iron Man. And, and you forget that he was the first film character for this universe, and that's why they're treating it like that. My only wish is, if you have Ned, if you have Tony as the mentor, if you have other kids he's talking to, Aunt May, why does he also need the AI? Why can he not just have moments of his own clever brain? Why does he constantly need to be narrating to somebody? It just feels like that was their excuse to get the Spider-Man lamenting, which is such an important part of the comics. You know, like there's no thought bubbles and there's no um, voiceover in MCU movies. But we literally replace Karen with Edith in the next movie, and it's just another AI that he is interacting with. And you just go, what what is the purpose here? But I I think you're right, Joe. I think that truly... Oh, that's 100% why they do. I dislike it as well, Colin, because I don't like the whole AI element, but you needed something to let Spider-Man talk out loud, because that is such a, you know, swinging around New York and talking to himself is like most of that guy's life. And also it being Stark Tech, you know... Obviously, Iron Man has an AI that he talks to and stuff. So that's just something that Stark Tech, they, that's what they do, you know. Yeah, I mean, it fits Must within be. the MCU. And this is this is another criticism that you'll hear for these. And it's like, these are great Marvel movies starring Spider-Man. But are the stories actually Spider-Man stories? And for me, let's start with this one. It does become more of a Spider-Man story once he loses the suit. Because then it's just, I like this girl oh shit, her dad's the bad guy, and now I gotta stop him. Like, that's a very Spider-Man thing to me. So this one I don't think lives to that criticism. People will throw at these, such as they're just Marvel movies with Spider-Man. Totally agree. I love this movie. I really do. I think it's a lot of fun. Mike, you mentioned the John Hughesian aspect of it. Do you like that he is the stand-in young character in this Marvel universe? I think he's great. I think his performance is great, too. And I think, you know... There's a reason a lot of young kids like Spider-Man and Tom Holland is a good kind of ambassador of the character, uh, even though he has to play with Iron Man and all these bigger things. I think it's it's good to kind Space of have that aliens. more hashtag relatable. Yeah, you know, kind of. Yeah. And again, another character. thing that I think really works in this movie is the whole his relationship to his classmates. So you have him, Ned, MJ, even the smaller characters, Flash Thompson, Betty Brant, like they all feel like they have their own unique personality and everything and uh, continuing in far from home. They just have really great chemistry together. And I just really appreciate all the side characters and minor characters that feel more important just because they're given, you know, something to do. A big minor side character we have not mentioned yet. Jacob. How about Zendaya in these movies? You forget, like you mentioned earlier, you're like Tom Holland's like 21. Zendaya is older than Tom Holland, and somehow the makeup department on Homecoming is so good, they make her seem uninteresting. <laughs> right. Well, it's it's that's a weird thing about this movie. So, number one, obviously they skip the origin, they skip Uncle Ben, but also his love interest in this is basically a big red herring. And I think that's really interesting. 
um, because it's like you know he's he's in love with this girl Liz, but then it's a whole fake out because the real love interest obviously is MJ, which she doesn't even reveal that she's MJ until the end of the movie. See, um, I, re- I, I really I really like that it was Liz. Allen. I love that it was Liz Allen. Liz Allen is a a big woman in Spider Man's life. Like she was a, a high school sweetheart, a big crush he had. So I do like that they went a different route. Like my no, I, I like kinda, it too. I kind of yeah. wish they didn't shoehorn in as much MJ stuff as as they did. And Joe, do you like the name change? I just think it's dumb. Like it's it's whatever. There's so many different versions of these movies, but like you didn't you, you could have just like just leave it at MJ. Like don't call her Mary Jane. MJ's fine. Michelle that's recognizable Jones, to everyone. Well, that's the whole twist is that you you don't know that she's MJ until at the end of the movie, right? When she's you, like my friends call me I guess. MJ. I guess, but like I think that's really dumb. Like I just Yeah. That's that's one of the th- it's like fine. I forgot about that until this viewing actually that they like try to switch it up because she's very obviously playing MJ. It's, to me, it's like the right, same. Right, but like, they don't. Hey, you're Talia Ghoul, right? And, you know, uh, when uh, Dark Knight Rises is coming out and her being mm-hmm. like, no, no, I'm not. And it's like, okay, well, no one's dumb. If you know audiences right. are smart enough that you can skip fucking Uncle Ben and the bite, then you should know audiences are smart enough that they're not going to think that this character is not uh, MJ. Well, what I like about this movie is that, you know, introducing her character, they don't say like, oh, this is like obviously going to be Peter's love interest. She's just kind of like the weird, quirky girl that's like into dark humor and stuff. Um, And then so so she. okay, do. Yeah. So she's like Peter's friend first before she's even like he even considers her as like a romantic interest because he's. You know, he only has eyes for Liz at this point, who is also a good character in her own right. She's kind of like she's the senior and she's, you know, she's really smart. She wants to get into a good college or whatever. But then the twist with, you know, obviously Michael Keaton is such mm-hmm. a great twist. Like that really even got me in the movie. Um, and, you, you know, if you read the comics or whatever, you might have known that. But for me, it was just like all of a yep. sudden, you know, he's going to her house to pick her up for homecoming. Um and, you know, he opens the door and it's Michael Keaton. I was fucking blown away sitting I in the told theater. Joe, maybe two months leading up to it, every time we saw a trailer, I would elbow him and say, he's going to be Zendaya's dad. Like, it's that's the yeah. reason we don't know uh, who Zendaya's playing. It's going to be Zendaya's dad. She's going to have this tragic past. I was blown away. Yeah. yeah. Awesome twist. And that's not something that would I mean, have been spoiled if you're a comic book fan. It's not comic accurate or anything. Just perfectly fits the universe in a beautifully lit scene. Oh, yeah. And, like, the street light changing it's his face. So Look, they're in the car. Good old Spider-Man. He's like, God, give him the dad talk. Like, uh, the, so the, the range that Michael Keaton goes through, right, where he's, like, first just a proud dad for prom, and then he's, like, nerdy, like, I got to talk to Peter, and then he's so menacing. Yeah. And it's, like, I, on the dime, you know? It, my favorite scene in maybe any Spider-Man movie, as far as just dialogue delivery, oh, it's incredible. People and obviously, bring up the lighting, King, great actor. Oh, is is I mean, he's dynamite. You know, he has just released these stories. Jacob or Tom Holland has come out to say, "Well, why were you we shooting those?" Every take, he would lean in, whisper into my ear, "I'm Batman," <laughs> and then the take would start because he is so proud sure. of being Batman. <laughs> and here he is, he's Birdman, he's he's Vulture Man, <laughs> he's he's the greatest. Things with wings, man. That's his specialty. <laughs> That's yes. great. I love him. 
He's going to be Red Bull Man yeah. soon. I absolutely adore his performance in this movie. I love, I mean, really all the performances are great. And I think the action is really well balanced. Mm-hmm. I said to Jacob earlier, Joe, the, the henchman thing, but let's talk about Tinkerer for a second and their whole operation, Vulture and everything. Isn't there something for you, Joe, about watching, I said blue collar earlier, just but these schlub henchmen, real schlub henchmen using tech beyond their control. I mean, that I mean, ATM it's, scene. It's it's so fun to see a movie set in the MCU that feels like a a run-of-the-mill issue of a comic, for a lack of a better term. It's not an event comic, right? It's just kind of, hey, what if there was a four-issue arc where the Vulture had a gang? Like, I absolutely love it. And that ATM scene is taken directly out of Ultimate Spider-Man, you know, with the villains wearing the Ruby's costumes. It's taken right out of there. I mean, you can put them side by side. They look exactly the same. I really love the the henchman aspect and the friendly neighborhood aspect. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean... Another thing I love about it is just the relatively low stakes because every movie doesn't need to be life or death, like end of the world type stakes. He's the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. He's, he's guarding his neighborhood and, you know, some guys are just running these these weapons in his neighborhood and um, it's not going to be the end of the world if he can't, you know, um, catch them or whatever. But it's just, you know, I love that that it doesn't need to be super high stakes. No, it shouldn't. Spider-Man stories really shouldn't be the end of the world. Like that's not the character that Spider-Man is. Right. Right. And we get kind of, I mean, how many people die in this movie? One, Ron Hardy. I don't know what that actor's name was. The, the first shot. Yeah, right? And he, the, yeah. and even Vulture says like, Oh, I thought that was the anti-gravity gun. This was the gravity gun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he didn't even mean right. to kill him. Uh, the biggest what, stakes really? in this oh, movie, ahead. Mike, are, are that the ice cream's going to melt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, what, what I love too about this action is, like, it takes Spider-Man out of his element to where, like, yeah, he's in the suburbs, there's no buildings to swing on, and now he's thousands of feet in the air on an airplane. There's no safety net for him. He doesn't have the Stark tech. And to face off against the Vulture, who's massively overpowered compared to him, right, and, like, way more sinister, it's such a good fight. Spider-Man a thousand feet in the air with nothing to save him, right? Like, how exciting, I yeah, mean- you know? They, they did so many things right in this movie, recreated so many iconic moments. You know, the Spider-Man Rich. trapped underwater, come on Spider-Man speech. I mean, that's ripped directly from early um, issues. I teared up. It's done so well. I mean, we get the, the split face, which is something that is so iconic for Spider-Man, half Peter Parker, half Spider-Man, the duality of the character. It's done really, really beautifully. Again with Michael Keaton, then again, I wasn't trying to hit you. Yeah. you know? <laughs> the whole building yeah. collapses on he's him. Menacing, he's menacing, He doesn't want to kill Peter either. But he, he's like, you know, I, I just saved your life. What do you say? Thank you, right? He's like, you know, I don't want to kill you, Peter, but if I really have I to. And I even will. at the end in the, still uh, saves him. You know, in the after credits scene where he's talking to uh, Scorpion in prison, he's like, you know, basically kind of protecting Peter because he doesn't want to give his identity away. So, you yeah. know, Vulture, he's not... 100% a bad guy. He's just trying to make ends meet for his family doing some some shady stuff, but I mean they're they're not a, not a killer. You know, this isn't yeah. crossbones. This isn't uh Nazis or Hydra. This is very much just like you said, a guy who's trying to do right by his family. Oh, Joe, the biggest crime in this movie is the mortgage of that beautiful house that we saw. I mean, come on. <laughs> it's very true. And you know, like 
I know we talked about uh, the Stark tech and how I, I wish it was more Peter tech, but I'm happy the tech is there to begin with. The web wings, man. Like, that is a Ditko-era element to the Spider-Man costume. This is the first time they've tackled it. I love the web wings. Yeah. Yeah, I'm into that, too. And another thing I wanted to mention, obviously, talked about it last week, but Donald Glover in this movie... Aaron Davis. He's not the shocker, but um, he is Aaron Davis. And he says, you know, I have a prowler, right? Right, the prowler. Um, And he says, you know, I have a nephew in this neighborhood. So that's a Miles Morales reference right there. If they ever bring Miles Morales into the MCU. He's confirmed to exist. That's a, that's another Miles reference. And it's also another reference that places this Spider-Man in the ultimate uh, inspiration route. One uh, in the 616 universe. Uh, the Prowler's name is Hobby Brown, not Aaron Davis, like it is in the Ultimate Universe. And two, uh, Iron mm-hmm. Man's costume in this is the ultimate version of Iron Man with the more silver throughout the, the entire gray. body. So um, dope. Yeah, so like oh, I really appreciate that there are a bunch of nods in this for comic book fans that like, yeah, this is the, the Spider-Man of the Ultimate Universe. Just because we just mentioned it, if there could be, I'll ask you that, Joe. If they're done with these films with Peter Parker, does Marvel own the rights, or, or does Sony? Yeah, we did into the Spider Verse. Do, do they do Miles? Could 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 Marvel just be like, no, 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 we're just going to continue on with Miles now? I don't know. I don't know what'll happen. You know, like, and it's it's tough to even speculate on because there was a time, Colin, where you and I would sit around and say. Spider-Man will never be in these movies, and that's the biggest tragedy yeah, of these movies. It is. It's insane. It's insane that we're here. Spider-Man was in it, and then Colin, it became, oh, we're never going to see the X-Men or Fantastic Four. Well, guess what? Now both of those are on the table. So you even though talking they're about saying... Or Venom. Tom yeah. Hardy's Venom. <laughs> yeah, sure. right. Even though they say, like, um, this isn't going to happen, or, you know, like, this might be the end, never say never anymore, because we live in a universe where we got Spider-Man to begin with. Right, and obviously I think we're going to get at least one more Tom Holland, Peter Parker movie in the MCU. Um, but then, yeah, they could spin off and do live-action Miles Morales while continuing to do Spider-Verse, like Sony's doing Spider-Verse. Like, there's no reason you can't have a live-action Miles Morales as well. I, I, none of it has right, to be the, the same universe. With the next one, but well, they also tease the idea of multiple universes in the next film, and even we're coming up on the multiverse of madness, and we have a Spider-Man film with multiple universes. So who knows? Like the sky's really the limit here. Um, before we get around to the next one, do we want to have any final thoughts? And uh, do I was going to say, do we flip it? Do we flip it, Mike? We have to. We got to flip both of them, but you got to flip. Uh, Civil War exclusively as a Spider-Man movie. Just so don't be like just him the getting the shield. Balanced. You have to flip, Jacob. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we need two swips for for each. Me? Yes, Jacob. Yeah, putting sure. you on the spot. The swips for both. <laughs> I don't know Civil how to flip um, Civil War as a Spider-Man movie in relation to the other Spider-Man movie, but I'll say. Do we meet Marissa Tomei in that film, or do yep. we only meet her in Homecoming? Okay, yeah. So you, hold on, Jacob. You can do it. You get a full Aunt May appearance. You get his his apartment. You get a first suit. You get a second suit. That's a right. fucking Spider-Man movie. I mean, I'll guess I'll start. I'll start it off. Uh, fucking All right. Civil War. Five out of five thwips. It is one of the best Spider-Man movies. Wow. It very quickly establishes <laughs> his origin without ble- beating you over the head with it, and then it gives you... 
a look at one of the best Spider-Man suits yet. You see the moving eyes. You get him uh, making jokes and things like that. And then you get a post-cred scene teasing where we're going. I remember leaving that movie so excited, so happy for what we were going to get in Homecoming. Five out of five. Homecoming, uh, Mm 4.5 thwips out of five. I really, really love this movie. Wow, high scores. It's my third favorite Spider-Man movie behind Spider-Man 2 and Spider-Verse. The suit's great. The relationships between the characters are great. It fits into the universe really seamlessly. I was so excited to see it. So that is my final thoughts on this section. Um, All right, well, I'll go next. And I just wanted to say on the subject of Aunt May, I do love uh, Marissa Tomei as this role and everything. Um, Getting a little tired of how every joke has to be like, oh, like your aunt's so hot. Like every time that she's referenced, it's like, Jacob, (laughs) you have to understand this universe that we live in. Even if you're saying you're not the biggest comic book fan ever, you've seen a comic book where Aunt May is mentioned. So the idea that right here, right now on this podcast, Four cis white males <laughs> might agree on the fact that out of the entire Marvel universe, you know, uh, Natalie Portman, uh, Scarlett Johansson, beautiful, excellent, incredible actresses, Aunt May is the biggest smoke show. I mean, you have to bring it up every time, right? I guess. In her jeans, <laughs> and then Far From Home, obviously, jeans. they go with you know, Happy Hogan is in love with her and everything. I don't know. Every time any character How could talks about be? her, she's like, oh, she's so hot. But I do love Marissa Tomei. She's a great actress as well. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, overall, this Mark. movie, I uh, really, well, I'll talk about Civil War. Um, I don't know how to rate that, but I guess I'll give it a four whips um, as a Spider-Man movie. Um, it is a great movie and uh, um, a great introduction to Spider-Man. Um, uh, Homecoming... I will give four thwips. Um, I think it is solidly um, like if Spider-Man 2 and and Spider-Verse are S tier, this is A tier. So um, solidly Mm. very good, um, but not quite to their level. Um, But overall, I really liked it. Like I said, I love the the camaraderie between the classmates and everything. I feel it feels very fleshed out. Love the vulture. And yeah, it's a great movie. So four out of five thwips for me. Yeah, should I take this here? I, I give Civil War five thwips as a Spider-Man trailer. Uh, but as <laughs> a Spider-Man go. movie, I'll only give it 3.5 thwips. I like that. This, the core plot is not about him, but his usage in the movie is five yes. thwips worthy. The movie's not about him, so therefore I can't I agree rate it that. higher than maybe three thwips. But Spider-Man Far From Home, 4.5 thwips. Like maybe a little, little web grenade on the side there. So it's just like Joe, it's right below Spider-Man 2. Sam Raimi and Spider-Verse and then it's Far From Home for me. The Vulture is my second favorite villain of any Spider-Man movie after Doc Ock, period. Um, so, nice work. Wow. And that is, yeah, four and a half to whips. That's Colin. killing me. I'm much more to Mike's side here. It blows my mind that uh, Jacob and Joe rated his Civil War appearance higher than some of the Andrew Garfield films. <laughs> like, that oh, well, I didn't like, know, know how to rate that. I agree with Mike's rating um, as a Spider-Man trailer, five but lower as a Spider-Man movie because it's not really a Spider-Man I, movie. Three and a half. You got to get used to it because we're going to talk uh, Endgame and, and Infinity War 2 and yes, how Spider-Man yes, is yeah. portrayed as them. I mean, you got to think, think of these cool. as Spider-Man portrayals. I'm looking at it as, you know, it was mm. the first time seeing him there. 
I don't love the shield imagery for some reason. Yeah, there's a lot of Funko Pops, a lot of merchandising that came out of that. Again, I'm sure that's just the Marvel Cinematic Universe being like, hey, we kind of invented a moment. Let's cash in on it. Yeah, um, but I love his uh, interaction with Captain America there, too, where he's like, hey, where are you from, oh, kid? Oh, absolutely. Queens? I, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Yeah, I, I love the interaction in that film between Robert Downey Jr. and Aunt May. Jacob, you forget that uh, those two, Marissa Tomei and him, dated in the 80s. So to me, that's just like, oh, my God, oh. like sexy chemistry, man. Like they're they're back together. And he got her this part, you know, like he, he sure. did a lot of the people in the MCU. Um, 3.5. bad boy. Back when he was having hard times <laughs> and driving to that Burger King. Uh, no Burger King in this film, a staple of the Iron Man films. Um, so jumping <laughs> over to Homecoming, not my favorite. I'm, I'm not going as high as you guys. I really think we anchor this one on Michael Keaton. I think he really boosts and inflates a lot of people's score. You know, I, I don't know if it, what you guys think about that, but to I me, agree. it's 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 a good movie. But there are some Garfield ones that have better moments where you know joe you said last time this is what i i think about when i think spider-man blah 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 yeah this is a friendly neighborhood spider-man but that's not to say that the others aren't um true i would go again 3.5 i'll I'll go totally even right now that's fair that's fair well in that case before we get two at each other's throats uh we already had a civil war we want to have an infinity war and we talked the uh the next step in spider-man's evolution in the MCU. To space and then yeah, we'll have a little vacation <laughs> possibly in europe Ooh, yeah all right follow along normus Normies, we're back. We're going to outer space. We thought we were taking a field trip to the Monet, but no, it turns out, or the MoMA, sorry, but it turns out we have to take a detour to save our mentor, Tony Stark, and maybe meet some new mentors along the way, Dr. Strange. Um, let's just do quick thoughts on these. Guys, we've, we've done... You know, every Avengers movie we've done, Infinity War specific, yeah, Endgame mm-hmm. specific, it's it's cool that he's popping up in these. It's cool that he has these Avengers appearances and that the Russo brothers are continuing, right? They were the directors of Civil War as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I like I real quick brothers. thoughts on these before we get to the next one. Um, yeah. I like him in Infinity War. I think he does a really great job of... You know, there's one line where he's like, you can't be a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man without a neighborhood. So there is kind of the understatement that like, yeah, I am a ground level hero. But when called upon, I'm going to I'm going to jump to the big leagues. So I really appreciate that. His ending uh, where he gets dusted or blipped as well. Kind of unsatisfying for me because obviously you knew he was coming back. Um, And then in Endgame, I mean, he's in and out so quick. So. Uh, ultimately, more into Spider-Man getting his own movies than than little, uh, you know, third supporting roles in Avengers movies. How about the ultimate non-grounding thing? I mean, I would say the biggest uh, continuity between these films that's introduced to Spider-Man, Joe, and the post-cred scene for Homecoming. What do you think of the Iron Spider suit? I, it kind of kills me that, and this will lead right into. Uh, 
to the next movie as well. Like I love in Homecoming that he turns it down. Like to me, that was like, okay, so this movie was kind of about him being in Tony Stark's shadow. And then he decides, no, I don't want to be you. I want to be my own man. That's kind of the whole point of the movie, right? Um, I understand why he had to put it on. I guess it's one of those, like, you can't put a shotgun on the wall without taking it down. It was fun to see. Um, but ultimately, I like Spider-Man in, in his regular costumes as opposed to the Iron Spider suit. I, you know, I love the the Iron Spider suit. And, you know, it's not obviously his main suit, so he doesn't wear it all the time. But I, I like it and I like the spider the arms, arms that come out of it and everything. Um and obviously Far From Home is a lot about um, what you were just talking about, Joe, of Peter kind of realizing like he has to be his own man. He can't, He you know, everyone's wanting to be the next Tony Stark and everything, but we'll get to that. Um, I really like Peter in Infinity War because um, I like him, you know, just having those interactions with the different Avengers characters, Doctor Strange, the Guardians of the Galaxy, all that stuff. Very fun. Um, and you see more bonding with him and Tony Stark, probably the most interactions that he has with Tony Stark other than like homecoming. So it's continue, it's, it's building off of their relationship in homecoming. And then obviously he, you know, Tony Stark dies in Endgame. So, um, what? Yeah. I love him in infinity war, especially. I haven't seen that one yet. Um, uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I love, uh, you know, magic kick, magic punch with Dr. Strange and all that. The iron spider suit is very cool. <laughs> Super fun. And he only wears that suit for, you know, in Infinity War level kind of event, let's say, you know. Um, yeah. Because as I said about Homecoming, I like when he's just in a normal suit looking slightly like a basketball. Uh, that's what but I, I prefer. But Yeah. Yeah. When Speaking of the suits, though, I actually like the look of the Iron Spire suit better than the Homecoming suit. But I also really like the suit that he makes in Far From Home, his ending suit that he has. Uh, too many suits. I hate in Far all from of home, these but we'll suits. get there. Colin, you tell He's me. He's got so many suits. I. It's interesting that Jacob is so in love with what I would call just a blob of pixels that is interacting with other people. I do like what you said about Ray his tracing. role in relationship to other people in the films because he's the Spielberg character. He's just awestruck. His eyes are open. Literally, his role in the film is to go, whoa, what? You're the Guardians of the Galaxy? Whoa! I mean, that's cool. Yeah, he's the audience. I was at the library and they had this ancient film section and in it was Empire Strikes Back. You ever fucking <laughs> heard of it? Uh, how old is this yeah. kid? Aliens oh, what is about an ancient aliens? film. Yeah. yeah. I forgot that he, he mentions Empire and Civil War and then Alien and this. Let's be well, real. Another thing this I want to Peter bring... Parker likes movies. He likes the that's best true. movies yeah. on the planet. He loves pop he's culture references. Okay, one thing I noticed about, this is a little bit about Far From Home, but in Far From Home, Nick Fury says, um, oh, Tony Stark told me you wouldn't get that because it wasn't a Star Wars reference. But Samuel L. Jackson is in Star Wars. So how does that work, huh? blew my mind, Jacob. What a universe. Windu just said that. If if Patton Oswalt was here, he would get on a soapbox and explain to you how it's all connected. It is, through, (laughs) through the wheel of money. Well, I want to yeah, talk. But then about... we realize that's not even the real Nick Fury anyway. That's a fucking right. Uh, so let's talk about Far From Home. I'm going to give him <laughs> yeah, four yeah, whips for in Infinity there. War. Yeah, Ooh. I'll give him. I'll give him four for Infinity War. Sure, I'll give him four for the magic punch and magic kick, Colin. Yeah, I I would say I mean it's it's better than Endgame. He doesn't really appear in it. I I yo I did three point five for Civil War. I'll give four for this because I'll it's, give him five it's, for his meme status. 
<laughs> he, did, he did become a huge meme after that. So it's the heart of it, that's Mike. True. Yeah, the meme is five five stars. Yeah. Um, and also just his importance to Tony Stark mm-hmm. and what Tony's arc is between Infinity War and Endgame, his importance is, is really strong in that. So. Yeah. In Endgame, Jacob, if he didn't look at that picture, he would have never come back to invent time travel. Uh, Endgame's really getting away from me. <laughs> I, I guess. We did a whole right. episode the, the Iron Man junior type uh complaints never bothered me but like listening to jacob talk about how much he loves it it's it is starting to get to me a little bit it, it is starting to <laughs> what iron man is really important to the well, end here let me let me say something uh, about this far from home then because yeah I, I was with you like i liked homecoming when iron man wasn't a part of it his technology wasn't a part of it everybody's saying oh it's iron man jr gonna cry um i think <laughs> That this film is directly addressing that to where people are like, oh, Mysterio is only fighting Spider-Man because of Iron Man. And like he's living in Iron Man's shadow. That is the point of the movie is him stepping yes. out of that. Exactly. To where he even ends up having a rivalry with Mysterio one on one where it didn't start out that way. I guess. But that was the point of Homecoming. You mm. can't have every movie be the point is Iron well, Man. You know what I mean? The, but in this one, that, it's like... So- it, not even the homecoming part. Let's let's say what Mike's saying, right? The the reaction, the grief, the follow up to a film. That is what Far From Home is to the weight of Endgame, right? Now, Joe, mm-hmm. we know Marvel's no stranger to rebooting themselves. That's what they do in the comics every five issues. Mike, yeah. we've seen that before. That's called Iron Man Three. It's a movie about Iron Man dealing with the PTSD of the choices he had in the film Avengers, which occurs right before it. I kind of don't want to see these recurring themes anymore. Here's the thing. Well, no, Since but think- we're, we're full far from home now. Um, yep. I'm going to open it up with my thoughts on this movie. I've seen it three times, once in theaters, once on a plane, once a couple weeks ago. I have liked it less and less every single viewing, um, which is like the opposite of every other Spider-Man movie. I'm going to compare it to Amazing Spider-Man 2. I, I hate the movie overall, but it has some incredible moments in it. Okay. Oh, I had to, I had to disagree with you, Joe. This might be our biggest disagreement in the whole uh, Joe Lai series of Spider-Man movies. But <laughs> to me, this is... Um, I love this movie. I think this is the third best uh, Spider-Man movie Ooh. after Spider-Man 2 in, in Spider-Verse. Um, and I, I, I get what you're saying, Colin, but it's different because the whole point is that, you know, Tony Stark is basically like a he- the hero of all heroes in this world because of everything that happened. He gave in his game. life to save half of all life in the universe. <laughs> yeah. The kids so make literally, a you know, of him. A lot to live up to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this guy that was, you know, your mentor who's now dead and everyone reveres as like a Jesus level hero. You're seeing his face on memorials everywhere and stuff. So that's got a way, way on you. You're just a 16 year old kid. You just want to enjoy your vacation with your friends, but you got to deal with all this shit. Like that's, I don't know. I, I really like that. I mean, Absolutely. From, Those are some yeah. solid stakes, but, uh, I hate the fact that we're talking about Iron Man more than Spider-Man in Spider-Man's movie. I mean, like that, that does bother me on a, on a level. Like, but to I me, this is what, I this is what the that. MCU is all about. So the MCU is all about the interconnectivity. Any other character can just pop up, you know, Hulk can pop up in a Thor movie. And that's, what's so great because these aren't just standalone Spider-Man movies. They're 
MCU Spider-Man movies. Well, so I like that aspect. That's the criticism yes, but... lobbied, right? Is These are great MCU movies, but are they good Spider-Man movies? And I think Joe's kind of falling on the side of maybe not. Well, I think, you know, Homecoming stands on its own. Uh, Winter Soldier stands on its own. A lot of the MCU movies stand on their own, even though they are interconnected. In my opinion, Far From Home does not stand on its own. And uh, it might not be a good Spider-Man movie, Joe, but do you know what it is? It's an amazing cartoon of Spider-Man and his amazing friends, where you just go, oh, it is him teaming up with cool people in the Marvel Universe every week. You've got a cool mentor figure. He's hanging out and young, and I'm having fun. I love it. Well, and like right, to add to again, the cartoon element here, I think you've taken some really great complex relationships and they dumb them down. Ned is essentially written out of the movie. He's barely there. Uh, there's a moment in Homecoming where you really have an emotional beat with Aunt May where she's like, cut the shit. Like, I know what you're doing. I know you're going out. I'm scared of losing you. And then there's that tease at the end of Homecoming that, oh, no. Aunt May learned he's Spider-Man. Then when we get to Far From Home, she doesn't give a shit. She's, like, glad that he's out there risking his life every night. And then, like, the rest of her bit is just that she's having sex with Happy Hogan. I don't know. Like, like all of the emotional weight of these characters that I loved in Homecoming just feel ripped out in Far From Home. To me, I, I don't really agree with you there. Um... You know, I think, you know, once she discovered Spider-Man, I think that kind of happened off camera. You know, there's some time in between Homecoming and this movie. So they part of her brain got blipped. Well, yeah, she she discovers that he's Spider-Man and then he goes on an adventure and gets blipped into oblivion. I assume so did she. Right. Yeah. Well, this is this leads into something that apartment. Yeah. Yeah. So, 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 you know, she knows that he died on a mission already. Right. The yeah. f- the I have some questions about the blip. So the the science behind the blip is confusing <laughs> yeah, wow. to me. Um, so all of Peter's classmates, other than this one kid, Brad, also got blipped because they're all still the same age. Just like all Ned, the mains, MJ. Yeah, I don't know. Yes. Can, can, I, can I just Flash say to my other Can you guys believe that we it. used to do this podcast and Jacob was seven years younger than us, <laughs> and then we got blipped, yeah. and now he does the podcast with us? Crazy. It's fucking bullshit. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's right, really so, like, I think everything was stacked against this movie to have to be, one, we haven't talked about this yet, because we're living in COVID-19 times. This was the last MCU movie. We're discussing the last right. MCU movie in theaters. Um, wow. It had right. to carry the weight of Endgame. And I think it really, really screwed over Spider-Man. I think like I don't the know. opening I think with it the blip—it's it too weird. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not. And too let me explain that. why. That's an interesting critique. I well, let me just explain sides. why I like this movie. Mm-hmm. Why I like this movie as a Spider-Man movie and as an MCU movie. This, you know, Peter is going through some classic, you know, Parker Luck Spider-Man Two stuff where you know he's getting all these expectations put on him and he can't handle them because he's just a 16-year-old kid. Nick Fury wants him to be like a hero. And he's like, man, I'm just trying to have, you know, a summer vacation with my friends. I don't want to be doing this. And he's like, well, you have stuff. to, cause there's no one else there. Um, so I like that aspect of Am it I a not lot. supposed to have the things I want uh, kind of, right. Vibe. Uh, so that's, uh, that's some classic Spider-Man line stuff. 
the line from Mysteria when he says to Fury, he's just mad that you stole your vac- or his vacation from him. And he's like on his side. I'm like, God damn, Jake Gyllenhaal is the best working <laughs> Never actor apologize for I being the I smartest man in the room. I know I say on this podcast. Yeah. And again, Arnold's another... my favorite, but Jake Gyllenhaal. I mean, come on. Yeah. He's the best, right? He's dude? great. And that's another thing that, um, you know, the villain in this movie, another great uh, take on Mysterio, of course. Uh, and, and Jake Gyllenhaal really kills it as well. It's a, it's a modernization, Absolutely. right? And Joe, can I ask you, because in my mind, and I'm probably wrong on this, because I was I always thought Mysterio also sucked, and he is yeah, a very see, cool modern update. So tell me more about I, him. Yeah, I'm a sucks. big fan of Mysterio. He he also kind of sucked, I guess, if you want to say <laughs> that. But he these are two classic members of the Sinister Six. Um I don't think his origin story is, uh, you know, he's, he works in stunts. He works in special effects. He's a movie guy, which is why mm-hmm. he's able to create these great illusions. You don't need Tony Stark to be involved in this at all. Like, you could make the same comment no, I, on culture. You could make this. He could have the same beef with the Avengers. But what about it Peter Billingsley? It didn't have to be. <laughs> to me, it works so Tony well, Stark. though, because you already have the whole illusion thing that tony was doing um and then so you make it so jake gyllenhaal invented that and he's like oh he called my thing barf like it fits perfectly retconning that to make it fit and then the other people that are working with him even go back to i do love see i love that it's like the cult of mysterio like i do love that that mysterio even if jake gyllenhaal is dead mysterio is not like anyone could be mysterio um Mm -hmm. I really love right. his portrayal. Jake Gyllenhaal, awesome. He was going to be Spider-Man at one point. Yeah, which is also really interesting. In None another of it universe, needs to be connected to Tony, and it still works perfectly. Like, but the you whole can make point is the that same he has without. this vendetta against Tony Stark, and Peter's like not even like he doesn't even care about Spider-Man at all. Like he's just kind of incidentally in there but then peter gets wrapped up in this whole thing and then it becomes about like oh he peter's the only one who can stop it because he's the only one that knows the truth there's a single father again like you don't need tony to be a part of that to make the same comment Ooh, but it's so worth it just it works the scene jacob where he says to peter billingsley you know, how are you going to feel years from now when the death of Peter Parker is on your hands? And it's just like, right. he doesn't want to do it. He's, he's fucking Parker backed into a corner. Because of you. Yeah, and then even at the end, after he's already dying, he's still framing Peter Parker. And, like, that's a classic, like, Mysterio. He's full of illusions. He's always got another trick up his sleeve. Yeah. So I, I think look, that works really I, well. I know I'm being harsh on this movie. I love the Mysterio stuff. I love jake gyllenhaal's performance i like all the stuff you were saying about peter just wanting to have a good time and having the parker luck and nick fury especially that it's nick fury like you know pushing him to be a hero i really love all of that you don't need tony stark to be connected to absolutely everything like that i guess guess, is kind of the thing that really like it doesn't need you could you, he could still not want to kill Peter Parker and not have anything to do with Tony Stark at the same time. He could still want. But I just to don't have see why the power they wouldn't that, have Tony Stark. Here, here, here's I, for, let me let me play no a mediator. Me. All right, kids, hold on a second. <laughs> um, advocate. What what's going on here? Right, advocate. the movie had to serve a purpose, right? With the MCU and Joe, I'm with you. I like the idea that Mysterio is just a special effects guy who's like, you know what? We could just make up some crazy shit. And gain People power. People believe anything these days. Right. 
Like, I like that, that message stands. Mm-hmm. But the other yeah. side, this movie had to be the epilogue for Endgame, which right. really had to hammer. We really miss Tony Stark because that exactly. contract being up was they had guess, no choice. Yeah. It would work either I, way. But then again, this leads to me to say that's why it's not a great Spider-Man movie, but it's a great MCU movie featuring Mysterio and Spider-Man. Sure, and it has some but great me, Spider-Man it, moments. It really does. Mm-hmm. Like it has some incredible moments. But like Endgame had a 45 minute long ending. I don't think we need an epilogue about how we miss Tony Stark. <laughs> I think it would have been enough that Peter is suffering from some PTSD and that there's murals of Iron Man in the background and that he has this weight that he's trying to run away from. That is enough. It's subtle and it works. You don't sure. need to th- like hit the nail on the head so hard and then over even and Edith. over and over again. But that's the whole the whole point with Edith is that you know, Mysterio's whole plan was that he was trying to get control of these drones so that he could do a larger um, type of an, an Avengers level threat, right? So yeah, he it's needed just a MacGuffin, drones though. to do that. Like any, you, it's just a MacGuffin, man. Like anything would have worked. Yeah. There. To me, it's like I don't know. Like I see what you're saying, but I just don't agree. And I think fine. that it's like, why wouldn't you have Tony Stark be like the shadow of Tony Stark of this movie? Is like what? Colin, makes where do you land movie? on this? Good. I want to hear your thoughts. At this point, it's interesting that, um, you know, it's it's never going to take away from me that they are connecting this universe. Because like Jacob masterfully said, this is the universe where you're getting that. We have the, all the other Spider-Man movies in the universe where if you just want to watch Spider-Man doing Spider-Man things, yeah, just watch those movies. It's right. not um, mm-hmm. It's not the thing that really colored it for me but uh, to joe's point it is interesting that why do you need an epilogue and especially when you know as joe said as well we were supposed to have another spider-based marvel movie at this point black widow which is also an epilogue to Endgame. it's 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 kind of a trench that we need to dig ourselves out of here but the main coloring to me for like this viewing of it was the special effects guys i i love this movie i think it's really good Boy, I thought the CGI looked like dog shit when I watched it this time. And we, we haven't mentioned mm. anything about our trials and tribulations. I have all my viewings through the Voodoo app. I, I don't know what you guys are watching on, but it looked like fucking dog shit. I really it's, like the scene when he goes to Berlin, the whole illusion scene. That's great. Um, but I could see what you're saying maybe with the Venice action stuff and some of that stuff, maybe not looking the best. There are some parts of Mysterio, like where he saves people. I used to have a computer program when I was growing up, Jacob. I think I've mentioned it on maybe one of our previous Spider-Man episodes that was a make an episode of the animated series and it was just like motion clips. There are some scenes of like, Mysterio walking in place in the background sometimes and just waving in Far From Home where I'm like, I I know it's supposed to be bad special effects, but you haven't revealed that yet. Huh. Um, Jacob, I love that you brought up the Berlin stuff because that is, I mean, you know, like I said. Yeah, that's a great It's still a Spider-Man movie. I still love all Spider-Man movies. Um, That is one of the coolest thing in any MCU movie. I mean, that is ripped exactly from the comics. The whole Snow Globe stuff was actually a cover of a Mysterio comic. Mm -hmm. I love all of that illusion stuff. And then it's kind of just spoiled for me with a a zombie Iron Man coming out. Like, you can't even let him have... Oh, I like the zombie Iron Man. Marvel Zombies. You can't let him have that moment. 
Because what else would they would have had like Uncle Ben's grave there instead? But they've never really mentioned Uncle Ben. So or well, Spider Man. I'm saying Tony Stark is the Uncle Ben in this world. Yeah, and Peter I hate Parker. that. I guess that's kind of what I hate. Is he's not Uncle Ben? Is the Uncle Ben? We just decided we didn't need to see it. Remember? Remember? You were sick of seeing origin stories, right? But Tony, what I mean is Tony Stark is the mentor father figure to. Peter, um, yeah, so it see, makes what I'm sense saying that is Peter that was is, Uncle Ben. Like, it, it makes you know sense, I mean? but they're, they're not doing Uncle Ben by doing Uncle Ben with Iron Man. And I think this really just right. comes down to how much each of you like Iron Man personally. <laughs> and that's really going to color it's true. your... I'm not saying Captain like, America, I'd probably feel differently about it if I'm being real. It's interesting, saying, Joe, I think your opinion is just based on you're jealous of him. You have a full bottle of booze and you are currently in an iron lung. Is there some jealousy yeah, that's the same for, thing. for Iron Man there? <laughs> don't, don't you dare put an iron lung on me in the age of COVID. I don't even think like Iron Man's like the best character in the MCU. I'm just think like he's a very important character to the whole MCU starting with Iron Man in 2008 and going until, you know, he, he sacrifices himself in Endgame. That's like kind of a big deal in this world. So people aren't just going to forget about it. And I Peter think is going to have some emotions about it. 23 movies isn't enough. Like we covered it, man. And like, I do think it should be there to an extent I just think they they go a little right. too hard with it. Like, I guess, there's, there's yeah, just, just a little too much. And this is also like, I mean, I made some other criticisms that I would like to hear you guys talk about. Like, I feel like Aunt May is is stupid in this movie. I feel like no, his friends fine. are stupid in this movie. She is fine no, no, no. in well, the way that I I would pronounce it. So I will not have anyone. Aunt May, her down. I hate. Doesn't Brad. have a lot to do I think in this that's movie. That's all dumb, but. No, I think the whole I loved everything with his classmates and everything. I thought that again, I think it's just building on the camaraderie from eh. um Homecoming and I and I think, you know, Flash Thompson, MJ, uh Ned, I think it's all great. What about what about the new bully? Do you know his name? Who does he try to kill uh, with the drone? Brad. Oh. Brad. Last name. Brad. Brad's the he doesn't worst. Doesn't have a last name. Okay, he doesn't it. have it's a last called name. Brad. Well, and you guys, so Jacob, you keep saying the classmates. How about the teachers populating them with popular uh, JB Smooth, Hannibal Burris, JB Smooth, Martin but Star. Martin Star in Far From Home carries so much of the load when he sits down to Peter after the perfume move and says, "So oh, did you hear hilarious. about my wife faking her blip death?" <laughs> and he, t- he goes into that old story. You're <laughs> yeah. just like, "Well, this is I. This is the movie. Like, I don't even care about anything else." Right, that's what I love about it, and some of the best stuff is when they're in Venice, just walking around, just doing normal teen stuff, and, you know, Peter's whole plan to get the Black Dahlia necklace and everything. Like, that's all great, like, great stuff to me. Jacob, you've been to Europe. MJ stuff, I want to hear if you guys have, too. Uh, The relationship there is beautiful. Is it relatable to go on a European vacation and shop for jewelry for your girlfriend? (laughs) I have not done that. I've been to Venice, and I've been to Germany, so Ooh. for me it is, I guess. I've been to uh, Venice. You fought Beach. Hydro Man? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I think it's great. I mean, you know, I don't know. Like, for me, it just really works. The humor, I think, is really funny. Like, 
you know, a lot of these Marvel movies, they have good humor and stuff. Sometimes they say, you know, the humor is overdone in these movies. For me, this is the perfect level of comedy mixed with emotion. And, you know, he's just doing teen stuff. And even the, the stuff with Mysterio when he's still a good guy and, like, you know, giving him pep talks and everything. I love that stuff. So to me, a lot of this movie just really worked for me. I think um, this is the one that crossed the line for me. Usually I love the humor. I think the Ned dating Betty is – it's one note. It's It falls flat for me and it runs the entire length wow. of the movie. Like I think this one's kind of dumb in its humor uh, where usually I really like it and I think it should be funny and light. This one it's just like – I don't know, man. It really gets away from me, I think. Again, I do love all Spider-Man movies. Jake Gyllenhaal, he's incredible. The plot makes sense. It's all great. I love that it's connected. It's just a little too Iron Man heavy for me, and I think the humor is kind of falls yeah. flat this time. I love these arguments that we're doing, and then at the end, Joe's the whip's going to be 4.5. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, it's all for like... nothing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I agree no, that I'll tell you some now, of the side high. characters... Are... I'm just saying they're kind of one note. Yeah, like Betty and... Yeah, that, that, the side characters do but, kind of, they're relegated. I can't agree with that. Well, here's the thing, they, Jacob. You're, they you're get arguing. expanded on from Homecoming. Like, I think they have more to do. And Ned and Betty and What do they do to Flash. further the plot? Give, what do they do? What does Betty Brandt do in people? Homecoming? Yeah, exactly. well, I don't need what, any what? of that. I'm with Jacob in the sense of if these side characters are falling to the wayside for you guys, it's because of those beautiful MJ interactions where yeah. we're getting the discovery of the hologram, the confession, him finding out, her finding out. There is that tense moment where they're playing it like they are going to confess crushes to each other. Like there's, there's palpable emotion and real stakes there. That's like, yeah, Jacob uh, normies go back to our past summer of fun here in our other Spider-Mans. Jacob and I were not very nice to Kirsten Dunst. This, this is an MJ. (laughs) I really like dude. Yeah. I really like her as well. I like Zendaya a lot as an actress. And you know, I was, I I was nice to Emma Stone. I thought she did a good job as um, Gwen Stacy, but this take on MJ is very different and I, it's just very refreshing to me. It feels very, um, uh, you know, Gen Z inspired, obviously. Like it just feels very modern. Um, and her basically, f- you know, figuring out that he's Spider-Man before he even tells her is great. I love that as well. So good stuff. They definitely yeah, have chemistry. We talked about, and I'll throw it to you after this show, is the chemistry that Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield had. They, they definitely have chemistry, and that stuff is really sweet and works for me. I especially like how she's trying to be okay, Doomer. So when she feels awkward, she's like, uh, they used to kill people on this bridge because she just doesn't right. know what to say besides something edgy. The it works for me, but Dahlia. Joe, I want to get your thoughts. <laughs> like, yeah, like no, I'm, I'm a big fan of her. Like, I think all of those beats work really, really well. I think the, you know, the ending where he takes her web swinging is so endearing and oh. probably my favorite web swinging sequence ever. Um, mm-hmm. I really enjoy that. And like they're, I've, I like their chemistry more than Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone, to be honest, because they're, I feel right. like, I feel like Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone's is really performative. Like Colin, you made the the point of like, 
feels like they were just on camera and they were like, do what you guys do when you're mm. alone. Like, you know, it feels right. very performative. Just this feels very natural and very These great. two actually dating as well, Zendaya and Tom Holland. It, it oh, appears wow. no longer. No, they're not, are they? uh, and I think, no, supposedly Tom Holland's with like a 40-year-old woman now or something. Is that <laughs> interesting? But, uh, I didn't know they dated more from, from home in like a dumb oh, yeah, little they, moment. They were remote. To, yeah, he's, <laughs> oh my God, Mike, if he was with Aunt May now, if he was with Marisa He's with Tomei. Marisa Tomei. There's plenty of fanfic about um, that. But like My to, last you know, big question to the point here, of, oh, go for it. I, I'll just, because I want to throw it over to you, Joe, is Jacob mentioned it, the suit at the end. You know, we've, we've got this, It's this is an interesting one, because we've got the stealth suit inspired by the noir, which we talked about uh, in uh, Spider-Verse. And then we have this, what would you call it, Joe? Um, the the superior Spider-Man before he makes his own superior Spider-Man. Remember where he just updates like the nails and the glasses, where it had like the black yeah. highlights. Like it's or is it a McFarland to you? Do you like this suit? To me, it's it's pretty Ditko. Like I I like the black instead of the blue. I really love this suit. To be honest, this is probably um, this is probably top three for me in terms of live oh. action suits. Love the fact that the eyes move. I uh, love the web wings. And I love the fact that he makes it himself and that, again, this is a, a moment where it's like it, if, it, if done subtly, it's brilliant to have him kind of take up that Iron Man responsibility exactly. in a great moment where Happy is just watching him. But I feel like they they oversell it love and Led they Zeppelin. undercut it. Yeah, like like – I don't know. There's just something wrong about it to me. Like there's something about this movie where it's like every moment that I love is then immediately followed by something that takes me out of the movie. And it just feels like, Hey, remember Robert Downey Jr. Like this is all about Robert Downey Jr. Wow. So like, I really like it if it was done subtly, but there's an, there's too much of it. It really takes me out. And you know, you were like, well, what do you guys really miss about the side characters? I miss Ned and Peter as best friends in this movie. Guy in the chair. I miss his his guy in the well, chair he's while the he's trying to hook up with the girl. Jacob, no, he's not. He does absolutely not at all. nothing he, in this he just movie. Invents he the even night says monkey. in the movie, he's like, I'm still your guy in the chair. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay, because he says it that it definitely happens. Like Because but there's one line that, that say, it definitely Joe, has emotional weight. I was going to agree with you because I love the scene where um, Peter's making his own suit and Happy's looking at him. And even before that, when it's, it's a great emotional moment where Peter's like, I, I see his face everywhere. And Happy's like, yeah, I do too. And it's just like, to me, that's not over. It's not overdone. And I think Tony Stark is in the movie a perfect amount for me. Um, I think he's in it and, more than he was in Homecoming. Like he <laughs> takes away from Peter more when he's dead than alive. But to me, like they have this whole mentor-mentee relationship starting in starting in Civil War, going into Homecoming and everything. So of course, his death is going to have a shadow over Peter's life, and it's like something that Peter's got to get over. Um, and this movie is about him, like kind of, kind of realizing that he doesn't—he's not the next Iron Man. He needs to be his own man, and so that's what what makes it great, I think. But that's literally yeah. why he doesn't take the Iron Man or the Iron Spider suit at the end of Homecoming. You can't learn the same lesson in two movies. Yeah, but in that one he was alive, in this one he's dead. So oh, different. okay, that makes so it. This better. one's European vacation. It's <laughs> well, National Lampoon's European vacation, Joe. If yeah. I if I'll draw the distinction in maybe these things, it's Homecoming is he thinks he's ready for something that he's not, and he realizes that he's not ready. This film is. 
after Iron Man dying, the entire world is asking him from the reporters to Nick Fury, can you be an Avenger? Can you be a yes. world-saving hero? And that pressure is what he is butting up against to where he just wants to give up. Even Quentin Beck, what do you want, Peter Parker? Right now, you say it. You know, I want to I want to go hang out with a girl. Cool, give me the glasses. Like, both the so exactly. the first movie is about him overestimating himself and having to dial it back. This is about the world kind of putting too much on him. Hundred uh, percent agree with you there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, I, again, yeah. I do love these movies. I agree with all of that. And like, I don't think we talked enough about how awesome the message of like, no, people will believe anything now nowadays. Like in the fake news, Mysterios, right? oh, yeah, Mysterios <laughs> yeah. like tactics in this well, are brilliant. And His performance specifically is specifically what he's saying, Joe. To what other films? in a 22 film saga would be able to out of nowhere critique it where, where he literally says the line of people only listen to superheroes. Now, if you don't have a Cape, what you're mm-hmm. saying doesn't even matter. Right. I mean, yeah, the whole Mysterio character in there feels like a critique of like the Avengers themselves. So I think that's yeah, great. It, it is. And I think it's done really, really well. Like they are doing some things really subtly and then other things they just kind of hit you over the head with. And then you get that yeah. tease at the end, the return of the one true king, J. Jonah Jameson. That's right. I mean, I think real quick, the suit's black because the ultimate subtlety is playing back in black as he makes a new suit. <laughs> Do you, did we Iron get Man your take, one. Mike? Do you like it? Is it one of your favorites? I think it looks cool. I, I do. I mean, it, it's cool. It's black. It's slick. It's got the wings. I mean, that's fine with me. But uh, I love the. Uh, it's the arms, the, the forearms, guys. That's what it, they're too dark. Well, I that's like fair. it because it's the like the homecoming suit, but it's got the darker blue than the homecoming suit, and I like the eyes yeah. as well, the moving eyes. It's probably I could put it as a, maybe a number three suit. I, I think I'll agree with you there. Yeah. Number three movie wow. suit. Wow. But if we but, do want like, to talk Mysterio's tactics and then the the big post, because he says as as the drones are getting broken down, we discover how it works. He just says, shut off the, the illusion. They'll believe whatever I tell them, you know. So then he's like, oh, I was able to send it through the, the rift. But Spider-Man said he's going to kill everybody. Like that whole thing is like, damn, dude, you're so smart. Right. Yeah. And J. Jones so Jameson, awesome. J.K. Simmons coming back as an Alex Jones type. Spider-verse? Uh, like vlog guy. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. Um, I mean, one thing I wanted to mention was just the fact that, so, um, you know, after, obviously, after the credit scenes are becoming such a big thing, mainly because of the MCU and everything, but like now they're just dropping gigantic story, you know, story beats into these end um, credit scenes. Like crazy. Like, like you know, yeah. I mean, it's like that probably could have been at the end of the movie instead of making you, you know, sit through the credits, but it's like, it's a huge twist of like, you know, Peter Parker's identity getting revealed in an end credit scene. Both of Amazing. the end credit scenes for these movies are exactly the same. It's Aunt May discovering he's Spider-Man at the end of Homecoming and then the world discovering he's Spider-Man at the end of this one. I just hope the third one actually treats that with respect as opposed to Far From Home where it's like, no, she's totally cool that he's going out every night and doing this. After having died once because of well, this. And after thing is like, losing so- un- Uncle Ben, which is implied in Homecoming, like, after what happened, you cannot do this. It's just me and you. I need to keep you safe. But no, right. Joe, no, what you want is a sequel to Far From Home, not just another Marvel movie. 
No, I think, I mean, I don't know. It's tough because I do like that they're connected. I just think this one did a bad job at being both connected and standing on its own. Well, to me, it's like, how are they going to do, how are they going to show the immediate aftermath of Aunt May finding out that he's Spider-Man if this movie happens years after Homecoming happened and after the whole blip, which, which took five years. So how, you know, how could they even have shown that? I mean, they could have, she could not be cool with it. I look at the original film franchise that uh, worked with connecting. Do you guys remember that Rocky three, Rocky four and Rocky five start with highlight reels of the previous Rocky movies? Jacob, just show (laughs) the scene again and have them deal with it and then jump in time. I mean, she could just not put the suit in with a sticky note and express a little concern. Yeah. Or like, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a million different ways they could have done it. Like, I I think ultimately another thing that I haven't mentioned that is that hurts me about this movie. I miss New York. I really miss New York the entire time. Oh, I like the European vacation. Yeah, it's different. It's like we've had so many Spider-Man movies set in New York. It's nice to have a change of pace and a change of location. And it's Spider-Man out of his element. I yeah, like but that. the last one was Spider-Man out of his element. He goes to DC. He's in the suburbs. For a, I mean, for like a minute, again, yeah, it's a Spider-Man movie. I love it, but like, I just think there's a, uh, you know, some really high highs and some really low lows. It does take both movies to get him in the center of Manhattan, swinging for the first time in in these in for five like, for less like than that. five minutes. <laughs> you know what sure. I mean? And then he's like, exposed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys want to get I, some I, final thoughts out on this series and then hit it with a yes. flip? Yeah. I'll tell you, I was thinking this time while I was watching it about what Mike said in, in our previous episode, go back and listen, the one right before this, about if Electro is cool or not. I like how they do the villains in these films where there's a main one and there's some cool henchmen. I would like to see Electro do that in the future if they're ever going to touch these fucking untouchable villains again, Kevin Feige. Mm. Yeah. I mean, for me, obviously, the the villains are a big uh, strong point of both these movies. Um, you know, Vulture and Mysterio and some of the side villains and stuff. Much better done than the Amazing Spider-Man villains, which I do not like. Um, but yeah, I'll just give my thoughts on, on uh, and I'll give my thwips. I love this movie and re-watching it, um, I liked it more than Homecoming. I would say, overall, I would put it up there with, like... I would give it five thwips up there with Spider-Man two and into the spider verse. It's my third favorite Spider-Man movie. Um, and it's S tier for me. I mean, this movie just feels just so packed with stuff happening. Like there's so much action, there's comedy, there's, there's, um, you know, s- smaller emotional beats. Like it just feels like, and this movie is not even the longest, like I think it's shorter than homecoming, but it feels like there's just so much happens within the two hours and 10 minutes or whatever. Um, I just, you know, I just really enjoyed rewatching this. It was my second time watching it. So um, I saw it once in theaters when it came out and just rewatching it. I just had a blast and um, I just like it a lot. Joe, I need to hear the other side of the coin. What, um, what do you think? Yeah. Uh, I'll start with my final thwips. I give it three and a half thwips, which I know seems super high considering all the things I've said. So I'm going to start with all the positives. I really love Mysterio's motivation in terms of 
wanting more power and people will believe anything. I think that's all really smart. The chemistry between mm -hmm. MJ and Peter is incredible. The action, really well shot. Um, I love all of those things. There's some really great high moments like the Berlin illusion sequence. But on the negative side, man, like it's it's living in Tony Stark's shadow in a way that takes away from Spider-Man. And unlike other MCU movies, it doesn't build forward. It looks back and it does it in a way that's not really setting anything up until the last five minutes where we get the twist that Fury is a scroll and he's probably out in space setting up swords so we can do secret invasion or whatever the next big wave is. Uh, it felt like an epilogue and not a standalone movie. So even though it has all that great stuff, uh, it, it kind of falls a little short for me. There's something about it that just rubs me the wrong way. Joe, I got to agree with the number of thwips. I'm at 3.5 here. Um, I prefer Homecoming. That's my 4.5 thwips. But um, I see the criticisms, and I've been listening to you and Jacob kind of debate these uh, issues where it is an epilogue, right? But I believe in my heart the way they set up those questions of are you good enough to step out of Iron Man's shadow as much as that's a very meta conversation that the fans have as well as the conversation in the film. I think the purpose of this was to get Spider-Man out from under that big shadow cast by Tony Stark. Yeah. And for me, I think they do accomplish it in this. At least that's how I feel. I think I lean a little bit more um, with a successful execution of that. But it does keep yeah. it from being a standalone spider movie. Because of uh, all your, yeah. you know, with all your criticism of Tony Stark and everything, obviously, you know, now that he's dead, this is kind of the last. I mean, I, I can't well, say finally that. Finally passed it, hopefully, yeah, right? I can't say that in full certainty, but I feel like this oh, is like Thor. The... You've always been my mentor, Thor. <laughs> no. Yeah, like I now mean, we're clear of it. It's, it's going to yeah. be, if the third one has the villains be people who have beef with Tony Stark, I'm out. I'm out 100%. I don't think well, it will be. Mysterio though. has beef personally with Peter. Matt Gargan Scorpion. has beef personally with Peter. And Vulture has beef personally with We might get a sneaky Sinister Six. Hopefully. Maybe. God, maybe. Yeah. And Tom Hardy's Venom. There's three yeah. movies in a trilogy. If two of them are living in the shadow and one is getting out, I don't know. I don't know. Again, Spider Man, I love it. But I really think it's great. I gave one five yeah. and one three point five, so this movie, Still, you guys good, are crazy. Job, this is a Marvel. five out of five thwips movie, hands down. Now, Colin, you you settle it. What are you, what's Colin? your thwip rating here? <laughs> uh, you know, I would say the objective thing I was looking at this time as well is just the quality of the movie. This is a, and I believe somebody said it, but this is a tight fucking screenplay. Um, other people have pointed out online mm. that you see Jake Gyllenhaal from the moment that Peter is at the airport that he's already casing him. He plays an extra in the background of one of the scenes. And watching yeah, this cool. time, that moment where Peter puts on the gesture mask and says, I have powers, you know, I, I can help. Um, the willingness that Mysterio embraces that, absolutely. Okay, so what you can do, what I need help with is, he's the whole point of all of this is to get close to Peter. You know, the, right. the reason <laughs> that Hydra Man's attacking Venice is to get to Peter. Uh, we've been inside the Venus flytrap that is Mysterio this entire time. I think that's just fucking baller, dude. I love that shit. I profuse my love for Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, the he's got a really good, you know, fire all the weapons scene where you know you 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 look at him and you're like, well, this guy needs to be in like a submarine movie or the bad guy in like a James <laughs> Bond film. Like, there's there's other stuff that he's gonna bring that intensity to. 
um, this Jack Dorsey type, you know, misunderstood tech billionaire who thinks other tech billionaires, the Elon Musk of the MCU, where you're like, yeah, he made Tesla, sure. but he also called that guy in the Philippines a pedophile. <laughs> where you're like, yeah, That's Mysterio's good, but yeah, right. You, What's well, like Elon know. Musk um, thinks he's Tony Stark, but he's really Mysterio. Oh yeah, he is like, well, you know, my biggest crowning achievement was is I was around when PayPal was invented. <laughs> and you're like, oh, interesting. Well, you know, I was around when Tony Stark used the barf, and that scene. Right. I mean, you said it, Jacob, but the. Played for technical comedy. aspect too i mean it's played for comedy but the shot there is a believability to the way that after it's mm-hmm. done where jake jillenhall turns himself and I, i've been in that moment where i've been so lost that i just mouth with barf like the way that he looks he's like my life's over and i just like can't even grasp it it's ralphie got boy. chewed out by jeff bridges yeah Colin, Peter I gotta hear the this man. uh yeah, really, yeah that's a lot yeah. of that's a lot of defense again with the villain. And I said that that was the weakness of homecoming. I, yeah. I don't, I don't agree with you, Joe. I, I, I think that the strengths for this one too, the, I, I said when he puts on that little mask, the moment of Peter where he does the web swing upside down over the falling brick up to pull the string, to hold it in place where you go, boy, that's Spider-Man stuff I've never seen before. He's acting like a hero. He's doing the right thing, even when he doesn't have the costume. Like, they're hitting all the right character beats. This is Spider-Man to me. I, I really love it. I'm going to say 4.5 yeah. thwips. It's truly mm-hmm. just because I thought the CGI... I, I just don't love CGI. And this movie mm-hmm. relies on it so much with the elementals, with the entire principle of the film. It's, it's fucking hard. But it's but diegetically Colin, bad. Yeah, don't you think that it being an could illusion be. is, you know, could be like, oh, it doesn't look great. Again, because it's there are parts where excuse. it's like, yeah, it's on, a dude. CGI Peter Parker, like, like walking through a building where I'm like, there's, there's no Mysterio at play here, guys. I will not accept Yeah, one thing there. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah um, him moving around, when he's in Venice, when he's doing Spider-Man stuff without the suit, it does look a little weird. But I think that's just because we're not used to seeing like a no suit Spider Man swinging around. I love that. Um, no, we did it. Like uh, Sam Raimi did it. Oh yeah, <laughs> that looked bad too. I, I'll give uh, give the Amazing Spider Man credit because they did a lot of practical swinging, you know, and that's pretty fucking cool. So yeah, don't forget. And I also think like when in the beginning when he's in the Iron Spider suit and he puts the mask down, that doesn't look great either. It looks very strange for some reason, but. Um, one thing I do want to say, I have another criticism of this movie that I forgot to mention. The ultimate reveal of the second end credit scene that Nick Fury and Maria Hill were scrolls the whole time, I didn't like that either because... It reminded me of Captain Marvel and that made me mad. Uh, well, not that, but Mike. just that like the whole time we think it's we think it's Nick Fury and it's not. So like Peter well, Parker hasn't even met Nick Fury. meaningless. Jacob. I think he's... Yeah. Yeah, it's dumb, but also I think he's acting. I mean, he's acting under Fury's direction. Like, like, but again, this is the heavy lifting that this movie is asked to do that I don't think's fair. Like, you should have made right. Black Widow do this lifting with a, a prequel that has like thirty minutes set in present day. You know, not not make Spider Man's second movie have to do all of this incredible stuff while also being the face of the next generation. Like one of the old guards should have had to carry that weight, not Peter. Sure. I do think it really centers 
Spider-Man in the world of the MCU going forward. Um, so I like that aspect of it. Um, and I'm excited to see where, you know, the third movie of this franchise will take us. Homesick. I think what we can agree on homesick is that, uh, that, that it is <laughs> so strange to take a character you you are dangling by a thread you are holding with your fingertips is not even fully yours but to be like let's let the whole universe re- revolve around him he'll be the movie that right. has all the answers we'll invent our app disney plus we'll never be allowed to have these films on disney plus it's i, right. I don't know jacob it's a really plain with i love fire. it though it, it is but it's bold at any moment People you know sony could be like could just snatch it's like Sony's away. only leverage is like, oh, we have Spider-Man and we can take him away at any time if you don't fucking do what we want. Um, if <laughs> Ghostbusters doesn't work out for us, you're fucked. And it's like, but oh, the thing with Sony is it's like, Feige. yeah, but Sony's leverage really is mutually assured destruction because if they if they take this Peter Parker out of the MCU, they're not going to be able to spin him off in a solo universe. It's a cold war. So they'd war. have to just start over. So. Yeah, I don't think that'll ever happen. I think that I don't know what their end game is. <laughs> I think there's enough, um, you know, mutual wanting to make money that that's not going to happen. So I'm not too worried about it. That's yes, just let's all make money. <laughs> all right, Mike well, said end game. Far from home. Yeah, let's I say we over. let's disappear here. We don't feel so good, Mister Normies. Let's let's disappear over the wrap up when we get blipped back into life. Welcome back, Webheads, to our maybe final discussion here, giving our final thoughts. Not just talking about this, you know, we, we had a nice little Joe lie here, guys. I want to hear rankings of where this Spider-Man is in your Spider-Men. You know, do you want to see Tom Holland again in the Spider-Verse? Would it bug you if he does one of these Sonys? You know, they keep talking about he'll be in a Venom film and maybe they'll run off and do their whole own fucking thing. Uh, do you want more animated Spider-Man? Do you want blah, 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 blah? Let's let's hit it all out. You know, if we're talking just me, you know, this this is... I like what Jacob said before about mm-hmm. just the Peter Parker of it. The Peter Parker is there. It's nailed. Like, this is a young guy. He looks young. He makes me feel like he's a nice kid. And he just really makes me want to like him. And And just for that, you know... I was watching Far From Home thinking, like, this doesn't have to be a Spider-Man movie. It could just be a weird, low-grade sci-fi, you know, film about a kid. Or the Blue Beetle movie, Joe, if it's DC. It's just a kid with yeah. powers who's having fun. And I fucking like those for that. They're they're top tier for me, guys. The Night Monkey. Yeah. Um, For me, you know. Knocked Monkey! <laughs> that woman screams that at one point. <laughs> um, Knocked I'll give my yeah. Go ahead, Jacob. I'll just give my whole ranking of the Spider-Man movies really quick. So S tier, please. Spider-Man Two, Spider Verse, Far From Home. Then A tier, I will say Homecoming, uh, Spider-Man One. B tier, Spider-Man Three. 
C tier, Amazing Spider-Man One, Amazing Spider-Man Two. There, it is. there you go. So Boom. for All me, right. the obviously second you can at see... bats, it's interesting that the number twos are the S tiers for you. Yeah, I mean, I a lot of times I think in a well, franchise like this, it's it's um, the the second movie is better than the first movie because the first movie has to set up stuff. Um, but I like Homecoming a lot. I mean, I'd, I'd say Homecoming would be my fourth favorite, even above Spider-Man One. So these, you know, these MCU movies have a pretty good track record so far for me, anyways. Um, and just you know, Spider-Verse also being a pretty recent movie. So I like the direction that Spider-Man is going on on multiple levels. And um, yeah, I'm excited to see where they go in the MCU. I'm excited for more MCU movies. Um, feels like we haven't really. I haven't really thought about the MCU in a long time with everything that's been happening with COVID and I'm excited to, um, you know, go back into that universe. I thought, you know, I got a little fatigued. I think a lot of people might have after Endgame. It's like, okay, we're kind of done with this cycle now, but now I'm excited where Peter Parker goes, where Black Panther, all these characters in the new phase. I'm excited for that. And I think Spider-Man's going to be a big part of that. Star Wars ended in that time, Jacob. And I think now we're all like, Ooh, maybe we do go back to Marvel. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, definitely. Um, the way and end game is a lot better movie than, uh, you know, rise of star Wars. I'll say that. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm very excited to see where Peter Parker goes from here. Uh, I'm excited to see where the Spider-Verse, I'm excited for Spider-Verse 2, and I think the future is bright for Spider-Man in cinema. Mic drop. Uh, I'll, I'll jump in. Yeah, Shit. I think these are great. I judge, um, I think generally, not, not kind of Spider-Verse, that's kind of the outlier, but I judge my Spider-Man movies based on how well the villain is kind of executed as it relates to Peter Parker's storyline. And that's why I think Spider-Man 2 is my favorite um, followed by um, Homecoming because I think the Vulture is more directly like tied in with Peter and his his you know love life and that whole thing and plus the performance is super great for sure and it takes him out of his element um, a lot more by taking him up into the air uh, Homecoming Elementals. good a, a little bit too much yeah in Tony Stark's shadow but that was the role of the movie so if that was the goal they succeeded in the goal. As far as Disney and their and their machinations were concerned, I do want to know what's Jonah Jameson's deal. He's the only character from the Raimi verse. Is it the same guy, or does he just? Is there a universe? Is there a Jonah? Is there a J.K. Simmons in every Spider-Man universe? Right. I hope so. Yeah. Right. So I'll be intrigued to see it. Uh, they're they're fun. I think it just depends on what mood you're in. You know, there's a Spider-Man movie for everyone. There's a Spider-Man for everyone, and this is just another good Spider-Man. Yeah. Just another good Spider-Man. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll wrap us up here. I, I love Tom Holland. He is my, my favorite of the Spider-Men yet in live action. I think he does Peter Parker really, really well, and he also does Spider-Man really well. He balances the two beautifully. Um, Agreed. Homecoming is, is in my top three Spider-Man movies. It's probably mm-hmm. number three because one and two can alternate on any given minute between Into the Spider-Verse and Spider-Man 2. I know I was really harsh on Far From Home, but that's because I do love Spider-Man so much. And I am, uh, you know, I, I want the best for him. And since I love Tom Holland so much, I really want him out of that shadow. And if we are finally there, that's great. I cannot wait to see where it goes. He's a character that is so timeless, 
Uh, everyone always is going to love Spider-Man. I think the future is perpetually bright for Spider-Man. And uh, yeah, I'm excited for the third chapter and however they work home into the title. Homeward Bound. I am very happy. This was another suggestion from Jacob where it was like, let's do each of the Spider-Man versions in films. And I was kind of hesitant at first. After doing these and and you guys saying there's a Spider-Man for everybody... These are the ice cream of superheroes where you're kind of like, oh, you know, there's there's one you're going to like. Like, that's pretty cool. Sure, for sure. I have a lot of good ideas. Actually. I've even gained like. Yeah, going, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Going through these past three weeks, I've gained like appreciation for each of the trilogies in, in ways that I didn't really think so. Even thinking more about Amazing, it's like, okay, homie's got a missing arm. He's trying to replace it. Peter has a missing dad. He's trying to replace it. He replaces. He returns oh, a son to a dad. Like the kid that he saves, he gives him to his dad. It's like there's a lot of like. Right. I, I don't know. It's good. It's just it, there's there's more nuance there than I even that thought. Might so be just, deeper than we got in the episode. I, Mike. I think God. it really yeah, is. I think, so. I think it mind. definitely is. I've been thinking yeah. about nothing yeah. but Spider Man, and it's been fun, is all I'm saying. So thank you, Norman. <laughs> Welcome to my world. <laughs> I had to agree with you, Mike, because like for me, like obviously I had never seen the Amazing Spider-Man, so it was good to watch them for a first time and form some opinions on them. And then even going back and watching the Raimi movies, it's like it had been a while since I'd seen those too. Like I don't watch them every three months like Joe does. Um, Fair. So yeah. no, not that there's anything wrong with there's that, layers. but uh, <laughs> I it was just fun to go. I think um, this summer, starting with the uh, the OG blockbuster series that we did, it's been really fun to go back and watch some classic movies, and for, you know maybe form some new opinions on them based on um, you know what you might have seen in this viewing. So maybe one day I think it's a good time. There'll be new movies. I started out being like. <laughs> Jaws looks so old, and now we're here at like a movie that came out in 2019, and I'm like, special effects. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's Bruce all right. Looks better it's, than Peter. it's the journey we're yeah. all on here, guys. I like it. Yeah. Brad Davis was the name of the bully. Didn't ever wow. forget. <laughs> oh, there you go. I knew his name was Brad. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Mike brought it back. Hey, hey also, that Brad kid. pictures of the bathroom, man. Yeah, good job, Remy. He would <laughs> be like, a cool teacher right now. Stalls that or kid got a bad rap. Like, stop. <laughs> that kid really didn't well, do anything wrong. Him. Yeah, they gaslight yeah. him. Yeah. Totally MJ did. does too. I yeah. love it. Peter does, yeah. It's like, you're kind of a shitty person, Peter. You deleted that picture that, you know, obviously he didn't know the story behind it, but you kind of make him look like a jerk for no did reason. You order a drone uh, strike on me. That's the scene with the CG when he jumps out of the bus. I was like, Ooh, uh, oh, oh yeah. Rough. Anyway, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't All right, know, normies. Thanks, that's been normies. a lot of Spidey talk. Um, we love you guys. As always, check us out at normies underscore like underscore us on all social media. Summer of Fun is continuing. You know, we're we're gonna figure that out as we go here, but we've been loving that you've been hanging out for Joe Lie. So let's give it up for that, Normies. Joe Lie. And Normies, if you have any ideas for um, you know, other franchises or other blockbusters you'd like to see us cover, um, let us know. You know, hit us up. I want to cover the rental store blockbuster, but I don't know if that's got enough audience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that. uh, Captain Marvel. You can watch some Captain Marvel movie. You can see that in the past. And we did an episode on that already. (laughs) You're totally right. (laughs) All right. Well, I'll start it out then. Uh, Thanks for listening, Normies. This has been The Shadow of Tony Stark. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Joe Uh, Jonah Jameson. With great (laughs) power comes great Colin. Um, Yeah, this is Underoos. Jacob, signing off.
Thwip. <laughs> oh, my Fine Peter King goes back. Thwip, thwip, thwip. Yeah, this is Aquaman, and if you enjoyed that episode, I'd really appreciate it if you give it a like, share, and subscribe on iTunes, and you'd really be one of my man if you share with a friend. We'll be seeing you around.